Welcome to the Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your co-host, Noah Downs. I'm here with Luke Bisson. Hey, guys. And JoJo Mags. Hey, guys. I think we should all just go ahead and welcome JoJo to the full co-host role that he has taken on because this is three in a row that he's been on. And frankly, I just like talking to him. So everybody oh, clap for JoJo. Clap, clap, clap. I hope you're clapping in your office right now and people are getting really confused as to what's going on. Just tell them it's okay. It's for JoJo. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, injuries. Are you laughing, Luke? Um, we're nope. going to talk about injuries, um, some thoughts on commissioning a league, and then we're going to go through our cells of the week. And we intentionally left the cells of the week to the end so that you'll listen to the rest of it. Um, so, okay, now I am laughing. <laughs> I know. So, um, uh, let's go ahead and hop straight into it. Let's talk about some injuries. We got a new segment, um, and, and uh, Luke came up with a great segment name. It's called The Ground Rounds. And, Luke, can you tell us how you got to that name? Well, when you work in a hospital and you're going around seeing patients and stuff, it's called Being on Rounds. And uh, I was going for rhyming. Oh, That's yeah. really do, about it. Do we know anybody um, in our immediate families who is a doctor? Maybe. <laughs> Are you married to <laughs> so, um, so welcome to the first edition of the Ground Rounds. How this is going to work, uh, we're each going to pick a player that is injured somehow. And as we get into the season, this is probably going to be very important. Um, we're going to give some notes on the player, uh, how it affects their team, and if uh, they're expected to be out, who their replacement is, um, who will be picking the slack, and whether they're worth grabbing it into your dynasty leagues or your redraft leagues as we transition into redraft. So, uh, Dr. Jojo Mags, or Dr. Mags, would you like to lead us off? Um, yeah, sure. So, um, oh, now I just lost it. No, no. Well, first of all, let's introduce your patient. Who's your patient? Uh, so I'm going to be doing um, Amir, Amir Abdullah. Oh, he's a good patient. He's young. He's a young kid. He's a good kid. So, um, so he, he got hurt, and so far, with, after his shoulder surgery um, back in January, looks like rehab's been going fine, and the latest um, blurbs from Bob Quinn mm-hmm. are saying that he's going to be, he's expected to be the lead back. So the, kind of the consensus, I feel like, right now is to be buying Theo Riddick, and that has actually pushed Amir Abdullah's price down, I think, in some places. So you can get him for probably pretty cheap right now, uh, with people thinking that Theo Riddick is going to increase his role, which I think is right, but I don't think Amir Abdullah is going to disappear. I think he's still going to get a bulk of the work. So by all accounts, it looks like his recovery is fine and that um, he'll be ready for um, for practice pretty soon and all the camps and stuff and I don't know I'm I'm excited to see him back on the field and think he can take a step forward so if you can get him for an extra free because everyone's um so focused on the rest of the backfield I'd be all over it all right two follow-up questions doctor before we move on one what would you give up for Amir Abdullah right now and two um do you think that he's going to continue with his return yards that are such an incredible part of his value 
Um, yes, probably for the return yards. I don't see why that would go away. Um, and for buying him, uh, I would probably give uh, like a mid to late second, okay. like up to that. And that might be, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, um, but yeah, probably like a mid second. And I think he, some of what people were paying last year was like, I saw him going in the mid first in a couple leagues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me was, I mean, I love Amir Abdullah. I'm a Nebraska fan, so it's a little bit of a homer thing back then. But um, even then, I was like, ah, people are getting a little too crazy. You're taking him in the first. Like, I'm all about him in the second, but the first was a little high. So now, you know, if you've got an owner that's upset and you can get him for a mid to late second or maybe even a third, I'd be all over it. Awesome. Excellent analysis, mm-hmm. Dr. Obi makes a full recovery just the way you want, um, and we sent him a bill for a second-round pick. Um, so, Luke, Dr. Luke, Dr. Bisson. Um, actually, Dr. Bisson's your wife. Luke, Dr. Luke. I'll take that. <laughs> Who do you got? Who's our patient? <laughs> All right. Uh, my patient today that I wish to present to you is uh, one Joe Flacco of the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, according to what I have here on my chart, uh, he uh, tore his left ACL and MCL in uh, early December. Uh, the expected recovery time is six to nine months, which should put him um, uh, the, the return of training camp at the latest, and the reports are extremely positive at this time. So I expect him to make that full recovery. Um, on the off chance that he does not, uh, his uh, backup or potential starter is uh, one Ryan Mallett. And, uh, no one wants to see that happen. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say about Ryan Mallett. Talk about needing the hospital. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as far as Flacco goes, um, the only way that you're even uh, dealing with him with any kind of uh, value at this moment is if you were in a two-quarterback or super flex league. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as being, if you're in a one QB league, he's a good backup to have. Uh, but I would put his ceiling in this season as maybe 10th overall when his floor about 18th. So I know that you recently acquired uh, Mr. Flacco uh, at the end of last season in a two-quarterback league. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, well, I, uh, I I really like his opportunity. Um, I do like the fact uh, that he's got a lot of weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you know, Perryman can ever get on the field, I think he's going to be really good. I like the acquisition of Mike Wallace. Um, we'll talk about that later, though. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm interested to see what Chris Moore can do. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I do expect Kamari can to basically continue on. So I, I think there's a lot of good stuff there. You know, even Steve Smith. You know, he's old, but if he can come back and contribute and everything, there's options there. And you know, they just took. Uh, let's see. They have at running back. They got four set. Meh. Allen can catch. Dixon can catch. I, I think Dixon's going to take off. So you, you don't. You know, that there's a lot of good Richardson there. Is going to lead that backfield. I <laughs> would be very I'm surprised joking. if Rick makes the team. <laughs> I know you're joking. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for that analysis, uh, Doctor. And uh, by the way, none of us are doctors. Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure that's out there. Uh, my patient today is uh, one Marcus Wilson. 
And Whoa. news has come out, and to, to go ahead and date this podcast, news came out this morning, or yesterday. Uh, what's today? Anyways, uh, don't tell me. Um, so he that he rebroke his left foot at minicamp, and he probably will start the season on the reserve or in PUP. Um, so he initially broke his left foot in week 13, um, and he had to get surgery on it. And he was kind of trying to get back into action, and he went ahead and rebroke it as he was easing back into action, which just basically tells me that his foot is made out of actual glass. Um, Fox, the coach, his name is John Fox because he's a fox. Um, he said that Wilson is probably going to be uh, a serious question mark for Week One, but this is like the last year of Wilson's rookie deal, and he was really starting to show last year. Um, that was with White out. Um, so, I think that the big beneficiaries from this are obviously going to be Alshon Jeffrey, Kevin White, and Eddie Royal. Eddie Royal will probably make the team now, go Hokies. Um, but, I, I frankly, this just pushes Daniel Braverman one spot closer to starting. And I don't think that Braverman is, is a long shot to beat out... Um, Eddie Royal, I think that Braverman could easily beat out Eddie Royal. So if you're still doing your rookie drafts, Braverman's somebody to look at, especially with this Mark. Bite your tongue, Hokey fan. Hey, hey! Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta get over this homerism. Uh, sometimes you just gotta get over this homerism. Realize Eddie Royal is old. He is old. He is old. Like he is royalty. Um, get it? See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Jojo with your Amir Abdullah homerism. God, we, we scoff at homerism on this show. Um, <laughs> hey, if we were going to do a homerism, well, I should have done Hearns. You know, he's allergic to grass. He is allergic to grass. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just treat that like, we just take him into the clinic, though. He does not get admitted to the hospital. Um, I had someone tell me that they were, you know, they were trying to uh, get rid of him because he's allergic to grass. And I'm like, he's been playing football for how many years? <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, how many, how much does he actually like play on grass versus turf? I know, but it's just like, look, he's been playing football for how many years? You know, high school, college. He's like, oh no, my arm itches. I can't handle this. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty you know, sure they have like, I, This probably just came out, you know, it's no, it's no big deal because it's not like every time he plays football he's got to get a shot or anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people actually do have to get a shot every time they play football because of pain. Because of pain. Sure but, I mean, like, but to me, this, this is just off-season non-stories. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that concludes our ground rounds. I hope that we learned a lot today. Essentially, just to recap, JoJo thinks that you should buy Amir Abdullah for a mid-second to late second. If you can get him for that, do it, because he is going to be the lead back, and that's he's trending upward. Um, uh, Luke wanted to talk to you a little bit about Joe Flacco and how you can look at him. His upside is a 10. His floor is a uh, 18 in quarterback leagues and two QB leagues, uh, and overall, actually. And I would say... Look for Dan Braverman because Marcus Wilson is got a glass slipper on. Um, so, moving on, now that rounds are done, let's move to the commissioner's corner. Uh, in our commissioner's corner, we are going to kind of talk about uh, a few things that we like about commissioning, and all of us are experienced uh, in Dynasty League and fantasy football and general players, so we each commission leagues, I'm assuming. Um, so we're just going to go about uh, just some of the things we like about commissioning, some of the things we don't like about commissioning, and some advice for new commissioners. So take notes. 
folks. Actually, that's a good first piece of advice when you're a commissioner. Take notes. <laughs> yeah. Create a notebook. Uh, Luke, would you like to lead us into it? Let's talk about your favorite league that you commission, Luke. Okay. Uh, my personal favorite is uh, one that's based on uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, it's done on... Uh, freaking Game of, freaking Game of, Game of Thrones. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I like it a lot. It's done on MFL uh, just because uh, I really enjoy the... Uh, uh, the format you can do on the site, mm-hmm. but it's uh it's called the Iron Throne Dynasty League and uh, it's a uh, a twelve man. It's a two QB tiered IDP tiered um, a PPR. You know it's it's a it's a monster league. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy that league the most though because it seems like that is the league that has the most talking going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like any given day I'm getting messages from it. So, so I gotta ask, and I know the answer to this question because all three of us are in this league with you. Um, but uh, what, why don't we go ahead and tell the viewers which houses we have in that league? Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm the I'm the uh, the uh, Brotherhood without banners, and I'm uh, the House Martell of, of Dorne, and I am House Stark because winter is coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a show. Um, this is a side note, but there's actually a burlesque show. Based on Game of Thrones, called like something like a uh, uh, burlesque is coming or something like that. And <laughs> did they need a burlesque show? Isn't that show like risky enough? I know, but the thing is, like, like, like George R. R. Martin actually came out and like blessed this show, and it's got a national tour, and it's sold out at eighty-five percent of the venues. So wow. to be fair, he's a fat white guy, so I don't know why he wouldn't <laughs> like a burlesque show. Please, he might have a heart attack watching him that will never get the rest of the books. Anyways, <laughs> I was like, dude, just write the book. <laughs> just write the freaking book. Anyways, I digress. Go see that show somewhere, guys, and uh, if you're in that show and you're listening, give us a sponsorship. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you like the Iron Throne League because it's a very talkative league. JoJo, how don't you tell us about a league that you commish? Because I actually don't know any leagues that you commish because you don't invite me. Oh, um, I commissioned my my home league, um, which is actually called the Tim Riggins God Mode League. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's funny. That league that league's fun because it's all it's um, guys I went to high school with and my little brothers in that league. Um, you got little brothers? So, I do, and so it's just a lot of close dudes. Um, but I, and then I also commish um, a Saved by the Bell themed league mm. uh, that Luke is in, um, and he's on, so far he's the only person I've invited outside of the original twelve because somebody bailed. Um, and my home league's probably my favorite league. The Saved by the Bell league that I commish is kind of. Our commissioner bailed, and so I just kind of took it over because I didn't want it to die because I really like my team. And, <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah. yeah. And a few other guys like didn't want it to die, but they couldn't really do the commish stuff. And because I've been doing it in my home league for a while, I was like, okay, I'll take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason that I like my home league is that I have set up a really pretty solid set of rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's pretty easy. Whereas the Save by the Bell League, I had to implement all that stuff because it was kind of chaos to begin with. Right. Oh, yeah. And you got a little bit of backlash for it, too. Yeah. Um, which is fine, and that's part of the gig, right? And that's part of the downside of being commissioner is kind of 
you are a little bit like a, a boss or a manager in aspects, and so you kind of have to be a hard-ass sometimes, mm-hmm. and not everyone is okay with that. No. See, so, you know, everybody just sometimes they're like, hey, dude, we're just trying to have fun. You're like, yeah, well, I'm just trying to have fun, too, within the rules. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's always it's always sticky when there's money involved. Yeah. So, I, you know, this is a tough question for me, my favorite league. Um, I would, I want to say... My favorite league that I commission is my home league, which is called the Foosball and Bros League. Shout out to everybody in the Foosball and Bros League. Woo woo! Um, because it's a lot of tight knit folks, and when we started off, I was the only one that had any dynasty experience, and I literally had just been drafting a dynasty league for about a month. Um, it was right after I joined, and so I got all these people involved in this league, and they just decided to take the dive with me. They'd never gone anything past redraft. Um, and so, obviously, like, I had a really good starting draft because I had about a month's head start on them. But this rookie draft, we literally completed it yesterday. And they really showed up. Like, they're just watching their progress from last year to this year is just incredible. And it shows me not only that these guys actually care about it, but it really just makes me proud that, you know, I, I like to think that I introduced them and made them better fantasy football players overall. Um, but so it's it's a tie between that league and this other league that I haven't we haven't even drafted yet. It's a redraft league actually, um, and uh, I think Luke, you're in it. Jojo, if you're not in it, I need to invite you to it. It's a sandbox league because it's redraft. Jojo, it's called uh, Huddle Buddies. Um, nice. Yeah, and so yeah, it's Cuddle Buddies. Um, so Huddle Buddies, it's a league. It's a 12-team league, and I really just want to use it as a sandbox for different rule tweaks that I could take into my dynasty leagues. So this year the the interesting tweaks are we got a team quarterback instead of drafting an actual quarterback. Uh, We're drafting uh, uh, a team quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, two tight ends, um, one flex, then two defenses and two kickers. And we've tweaked uh, the kicker and defense, team defense, um, scoring so that kickers and defenses actually you want to start taking them in the fourth round because they're OP. Uh, it's just incredible. So it makes it kind of evens out all the players. And I know a lot of us don't like to play with kickers, don't like to play with team defenses, but it kind of it's a, it's a nice little sandbox for those kinds of rules. So, so yeah. I think something I think something you said earlier uh, is is a really good point that a lot of people take for granted in that. Um, with your home league, you kind of have uh, brought them into Dynasty and kind of helped them along the way, and then they were able to take the reins and, and turn it into something even greater. And I think being commissioner um, is a great opportunity to help people learn and grow in Dynasty, and I think that's taken for granted a lot, mm-hmm. whereas it's like um, you're just kind of you're just kind of this overseer. But I think if you engage with people and, you know, if your league if you can really get your league talking and um, kind of becoming friends and being, you know, learning more about dynasty and value and, you know, actually having discussion about players and um, different things is, is a really big part of being commissioner that I think one, a lot of commissioners don't do at all. And two is just not, it's not taken advantage of from, the league members, uh, if their commissioner is an experienced player, right. And I, I think that um, I think that to get really real for a second, like I, I really do think that 
Tennessee football is something that keeps me really close to some of my far-flung friends. Like, we drafted this this Dynasty League as one of our friends was moving to Idaho, which I'm in Virginia, so, like, you're in Oregon, JoJo, so you don't that doesn't sound very yeah. far, but in from Virginia, Idaho's forever away. And then another one just moved to New York. Um, we've got guys all over the place, and some of them didn't even know each other and then becoming friends because of this, so... I mean, it, it's it, to, not to wax poetic, but it's it's not only watching them become better players, but also the, watching them become friends in some cases and helping maintain friendship, friendships from um, long distances. So that's why that's one of my favorite leagues to comish. That is the Foosball and Bros Dynasty League. Um, all right, so moving on from the heavy stuff. Um, <laughs> What what do you guys find is one of the worst issues you face being a commissioner? Like JoJo, are you ready to just kind of jump us into this? Like what what is something that you really don't like about when being a commissioner? Um, I don't like policing people. Um, I hate trying to be the tax collector and get everyone to pay. Um, and so, in one of the leagues, uh, recently I was trying to get uh, dues collected. Um, and last year I ran into this with another one of my leagues and it's just, uh, having everyone pay dues sometimes sucks and being the guy that has to, you know, keep emailing and reminding, um, people to pay and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on and if you need to adjust the due date or if they're just being a flake is, is frustrating. Um, you feel like you're nagging them almost. Yeah, and it's like, and I don't play in big money leagues, so it's like over 25 bucks. And so in the past, I've gotten the excuse like, oh, well, I don't have $25 right now. It's like, okay, if you don't have $25 right now, you probably shouldn't be playing a game that costs $25. <laughs> uh, like, like you knew that this was coming. It's not like this, this expense came out of the blue. If you've been playing Dynasty for you know, any period of time, you know that there's going to be league fees, and unless it's a free league, um, but, you know, you know that you're going to have to pay that money, so if you really want to play and you don't have the money, then you should be saving, like, a dollar a week or whatever it's going to take for you to get to that $25 when it's due, mm-hmm. um, and if you don't have the money, I think, I'm curious if part of it is a pride thing, and that people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't. I can't really pay right now, but I don't want to say that I don't have twenty-five dollars or twenty dollars or thirty dollars or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, if you can't afford to play, then don't play. Like that's fine. It's not. This isn't a life or death situation. But when you're, you know, when you're kind of being a douche about it, and we're trying to collect fees, then it it holds back the entire league. Um, and so I've implemented a rule um, in my leagues now where. If you want to play, fees have to be paid three weeks before the rookie draft. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's and if good you rule. don't, and um, and it gives you kind of time if you want to allow late fees. It gives them, you know, you can say, okay, well, I'll allow late fees for you know a week or two, but then it gives you this buffer where if you have to find a replacement, um, you have the time to do that before the rookie draft, and you're not messing around changing the date of the rookie draft. Because what happened to me this year is that I had to move the rookie draft back twice um, I did get one person I was waiting for two people to pay and one person paid um, and their their beef with it was that I 
um, I had it set so the commissioner disperses the the prize pool, because in my leagues you get points, you get you get paid out um, a small percentage for having the highest scoring total for one week in the year. So if you know if your team scores 300 points and no one else scored 300 points throughout the whole year, then you get like 10 bucks. No. Oh. Um, and I, and then I have another one for the largest win margin for the year. So if you just totally dominate somebody, um, then you also get uh, a small percentage. Um, and so because of that, I have to divvy out the money myself because I have to go in and figure out who did that and then pay them out. So the downside to this is that on LeagueSafe, if you do if you have that turned on, that power turned on, um, the the worry with some owners who have been burned is that the commissioner can allocate money however they want. So the commissioner could steal all your money. Mm-hmm. Um, two things. If you're playing with a commissioner you think is going to steal your money, leave that league. Do not play with sketchy people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and for me, um, the second thing, I guess, is that I tend to... Like, I tried to prove myself. So I told them, I was like, listen, this is my Twitter handle. Um, I write for UTH and, like... I'm, I'm. I consider myself friends with a few people in the league, so I know that they can vouch for me. And I promise you that my reputation is worth more to me than your twenty-five dollars. Um, and and after we talked for a little bit, they paid. But it was a person that, um, yeah, that was just worried about it because they had been burned in another league. Um, so, anyways, yeah, collecting collecting fees and dues is. It's kind of my worst part, and having to go in and kind of be a dick to people and getting them to pay is not fun. Yeah, I I totally agree. It feels like you're like trying to literally take money from people for no clear reason, but I mean it's part of playing the game, so you got to pay to play. Luke, what about you? Uh, I'm basically just going to echo everything that JJ. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I I commish six leagues, and. Um, the two of them, well, let's see how many are, we're in one, two, we're in three of them together. Like, uh, Noah's in three. Um, I don't count FFJ. Um, but like, so there's, so Jojo is in two of them with me and you're in three of them. So, and all of ours are basically free leagues. Um, but in the, you know, but in the ones that actually money and everything, it's so difficult to collect money. I have guys that will, will get, because two of them are redrafts and we'll sit there and they'll be like, Oh, well I'll get you. And like the first year that we would do it, I allowed them to pay by week four. And the problem is all of a sudden they're four and oh, they're three and one. And they're like, well, why don't we just square up at the end of the season? Because if I win, then you don't have to worry about giving me the, uh, uh, you know, that much money back and whatnot. Uh, just so that way they don't have to worry about forking out the thirty dollars, forty dollars, or whatever it was at the time. And it's just it's a bad way to do business. And I learned after my I learned after my first uh, season of doing it that way that it's it's very very difficult to sit there and have all of this money out in limbo, you know, because technically the money's in the prize pool, but it's only going to be there if the guy doesn't make the money back and everything. Right. And, you know, and then another thing is when owners question, you know, like you have it set up 
when you sit and make the rules for a league, you are doing it to protect what's most important, the integrity of the league as a whole. And when you have owners that can only see uh, what's going to make their team better or what's going to make a situation better for them, and they come and they question you, and when you try to explain to them in a more macro level, you know, that bird's eye view of this is the league, this is why we're doing it this way, and they can't give you a solid reason to kind of like show you, well, this way would work too or anything, but they just want to fight you on this one basic point that you know isn't going to work. Yeah. That is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to being a commissioner. Yeah. With um, me, it's it's when you're the commissioner of a league – but you're winning the league and mm. so you get really like self-conscious and they th- like you're like everybody's gonna think this show is rigged because i'm commissioning the league and somehow i'm winning the league and i'm gonna get the prize pool <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get the yeah. prize pool and like oh well that was clearly rigged and you're not really sure if they're joking or not mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're sitting there saying well i mean i could apologize for winning but i should be happy that i won i worked hard for this i actually won so unless you're actually rigging it you feel bad about winning um, and the first time I won a uh, league that I was commissioning was the first year of the league. Um, and <laughs> it was just terrible. Like, I mean, nobody actually thought I was I was rigging it, and I wasn't. I just want to go on the record. I was not. Um, but <laughs> I don't think you have yeah. to go on the record. <laughs> I just want to yeah. make sure, in case somebody's listening that's in that league, I was not rigging the league. But it, it like I just felt bad, and I hate that feeling. So that's probably the worst thing about being a commissioner for me. Um Let's let's keep it rolling. Uh, what is the worst perceived rule you've been challenged on, Luke? Oh, vetoes! Like oh, in all of my leagues, there is no veto opportunity. Okay. If you are same, same in this here. league, I view you as being, you know, you're a an adult. Oh, you're an adult. Okay. And if you make a trade that's bad for you, that's bad for you. If you give someone, you know, if someone sits there, unless there is proven, obvious collusion on a trade. And it's really hard to prove that. Exactly. I'm not going to overturn it, and I don't give the power to the people to sit there and vote to veto it. Uh, it, Because when you do that, it turns into a popularity contest. Right. You could have a worse trade not even be talked about because there's two people that were involved that people like in the league, but you get that one guy who's a pain in the butt to everybody and everyone wants to try to screw him over. And then he makes one really good trade for his team and the other guy gets boned and everybody wants to veto the trade. Right. You know, so for me, though, that's the, the biggest thing when it comes to a, a rule that's always challenged is I don't have it in there and that's always a question as to why. I, I, I think that's a really solid thing. And I don't know if any of the leagues I commish know this, but they do not have veto power. Um, I have commish veto power in case somebody comes to me and says, yo, I have proof that they're colluding. But it's really hard to do that. Like, you know, there was a recent trade in one of our leagues, Luke, that I came to you and was like, that's got to be collusion. And that I yeah. couldn't prove it. It was, a t- I mean, this trade was bad. But, um, but. I couldn't prove it, so I, I let it go. Um, and later on, it's a good thing I didn't. It's a good thing I didn't have the veto power because it wasn't collusion. It was just an owner being really dumb. Um, it was <laughs> he. He didn't understand the value of what he had. Yeah, you exactly. know. I mean, and, and and honestly, that right there is a very common reason for you know reasons things happen. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's 
Go ahead, Joe. If you so I I'm the same way. I don't I don't do vetoes. Um, and if I can prove collusion or if somebody comes to me with evidence of collusion, then I'll just go back and reverse the trade or I'll you know, I'll confront the owners and if I have to reverse the trade, I'll reverse the trade. That to me is the better way to do it. Um, because like like what with your situation, you didn't you know, you thought it might be, but then you find out that it's not. And there there are definitely different camps of people that subscribe to different ways of thinking about their dynasty team and so you know what might look like collusion to one person is a totally rational trade to the other person yeah that what what looks like i mean some guys might actually be out there that would trade away matt jones for taiwan jones and you just i mean there's those guys exist and you just gotta hope that you're in a league with them um <laughs> yep <laughs> so the rule that i that drives me nutty um and i actually luke you saw me argue vehemently against this uh, or, 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 yeah, against this rule. It's not so much a rule, but like a, a, a format kind of thing in the bylaws. And that is when you have a dynasty league that is 25-man rosters. That, to me, it drives me insane. You have no value in your rookie picks beyond the second round. Maybe, maybe the third round if your team is already really terrible. Um, right. Or if you're able to, you know, or on the other end, if you're able to package up talent and you know that there's somebody in the third round that you will enjoy getting. But a 25-man roster might as well just be a glorified keeper league. Sorry, guys. If you're in a 25-man roster league, don't get offended by this because, you know, everybody has to walk before they run. But it bumped up to 30. I mean, you can do that in the offseason. I just bumped one of mine up to 30. I actually had a built-in. Um, that it would start off at 25 and then go up to 30 as people eased in the dynasty a little bit more. Um, but, man, when people say, yeah, 25 is good, there's no point having up to 30 because up to 30 it's just it, it's real skill at 25. No, it's it's not. It's uh, You have to do less research. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, my, my home league was 26, including kicker and defense, which I couldn't stand. And so finally this year I bumped it up to 31. Because it was essentially it was 24 man rosters and I was like I can't like my team I have no more room like I can't use any of my draft picks this year and hold them because I don't have any space on my roster. Right. And you can't so, you can't grab your Devin Kajust in the fifth round. Yeah, exactly. So what about you, uh, Jojo? What what's what's the one rule that drives you nutty? Um. Well, part of it is the veto thing, and so what I wanted to do was just share, so this happened today in one of my leagues, and not a league I commission, but one of my leagues where with this, uh, with the trade, somebody sent the 103 and the 316, so this is a 16-team league, um, so they gave up that for Adrian Peterson, Vincent Jackson, Will Ty, Thomas Davis, and uh, Paul Puzluzny. Whoa. Whoa. So, so in my opinion, I want the 103 side. But there I definitely understand why someone wants the other side because those are a lot of a lot of guys that can be good contributors this year. The but, the person who took that took the guys are basically in win now mode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they don't if they don't produce this year for them, they're toast. Yeah. And right. so that's that's the thing and so with this trade, somebody after the trade went down, somebody emailed and was like, hey, we're really going to let this happen? 
And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, you've got one team who is trying to, you know, go for the go for the ship and and take the whole thing, and so they're trying to have these, all these players that are, I mean, what four of these players are over thirty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just counting in my head, figuring out. Yeah, four of them. So, um, you know, if they don't get the production now, then they're screwed. And the other team is rebuilding because um, they took. I think this the other team is another was an orphan this year, mm-hmm. and so they just took it over and they're trying to you know make the team their team. Mm-hmm. Well, so I to mean, me, they just totally. did a good job with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and and so it's not. I guess it's not so much the vetoing, but it's handling people who want the people that want the power to veto. Right. Uh, and Absolutely, because er- everyone has a difference of opinion on value. Exactly. You know, we uh, we use ADP and we use uh, rankings and everything as guidelines, but you reach a certain point where you start to just have your own lists. Like I can look at a at a list, an ADP list, and I can tell you where I would take a guy and where I wouldn't. And it's just based on how I've built my own catalog of information in my head at this point. I don't. I, I can't just look at a rankings list and be like, okay, you know, uh, Jordan reads the second tight end, so I need to grab him here and everything. You know, so I I have something set. So everyone starts to do that. And everyone is different, and also everyone's at a different spot with their team. Mm-hmm. You have a guy who's contending versus a guy who's rebuilding. You know, well, look what I did in FFJ. That whole entire like dispersal draft that we did, I took Adrian Peterson and Tom Brady yeah, and all these old the ship, and you're going for it again. Exactly, I, t- I got it once. You know, when it says this, when it was a 16 teamer, and I really think that because of how I did it, I have a shot to do it all over again. I'm coming for you. Yeah, well, I hope so. But you know, I mean, and but that's just because that's where that team was. Now, granted, I know that, you know, I mean, isn't Brady like thirty-eight? So this should be his last year, if not oh, two years. You know, Peterson's on the way out. I think the only guy I drafted in that league was Hearns. That's going to be around for a bit, and he's allergic to grass. So who knows how long he's going <laughs> to fall over and break out, and then he's done. His career's gone. Um. But you know, but seriously though, so I. I don't understand why people feel the need to look at a trade and on their own judgment yeah be like oh we can't we can't allow this to happen because it doesn't make any sense you know it doesn't have to make sense as yeah. long as two guys didn't sit there and say okay I'm going to trade you this guy this week so you can beat this guy but next week you got to trade him back to me right you know that's that's collusion yeah and, so, and that's the part that you need to watch for so and go ahead I was going to say another another thing for Illusion that I ran into in a league, um, or that I he- I heard about, I should say, um, was that two owners had made a a bet like between the two of them, and then one guy lost, so he sent the other loner or the other owner, um, loner, huh? I'm thinking about cars again. Um, <laughs> sent another owner uh, a bunch of blind bidding dollars. Oh, yeah. And so if you have that in your rules, like, you know, like how we, is it Iron Throne or Alone where, you know, we kind of make side bets? If you allow that, then then it makes sense and it's fine. But if there, if it's not specifically stated in the rules that you can do that, then sending a, another owner something for nothing is collusion in my exactly, eyes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It's, it's extra league stuff. Like it's outside the league. So, yeah. uh, moving on, what is the 
let's tighten some of these things up, guys. We don't want to kill our audience. Um, let's. Uh, what is the funniest story you've had as a commissioner? Luke, go for it. All right. Uh, mine's it's really basic. It's it's really funny. Uh, guy in the league. Uh, for some reason, we were six weeks into the league after drafting. He thought it was a PPR league. It wasn't. It was standard. He lost by like three points. Looked at it. Figured in his head by doing the math and drawing it out for me on a spreadsheet that he should have won by X amount of points or whatever. And demanded right there and then that I switch the league over to being a PPR league. (laughs) 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 Told him no because the season was already going on and everyone had drafted according to the idea that it was a standard league. And instead of just being like, okay, you know, whatever, he quit the league. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, wow. Completely abandoned it. Now, it was a redraft, so it's not like, uh, you know, next year. And we just ran it as, um, uh, you know, it's one of those teams that basically you just put in the best players and let it ride. How did it do? Middle. Nothing to write home about. Apparently, it would have done better if it was a PPR league, but. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's awesome. um, The one I got is. So, I feel really dumb about this. One's a little self-deprecating. Um, so I I commissioned one of these redraft leagues at home, here in town, and uh, had one year that like five of like five of the ten owners, and then one they got another guy. So it was six of the ten owners decided, you know, we should have a home team advantage in this league. And you know, a home team advantage, you know, it's where. If you're the away team, the other team gets a three-point advantage automatically, or a two-point advantage. Three points is ridiculous, but somehow they convinced me to do three-point advantage. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. So the first week, I lo- I'm the away team, and I lose by one because of the home team advantage. <laughs> and then week two goes by, it doesn't affect anybody. Week three goes by, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't affect anybody. I make the playoffs. First week in the playoffs... I lose by two because of the home field advantage. The only person that this home field advantage hurt was the guy who didn't want to do it but got convinced to do it as the commissioner. Like, it didn't affect the outcome of any other game. It wasn't even close for any other game. But for some reason, I got screwed on it. So these guys came back the next year, and I said, listen, I'm just going to commissioner override this home field advantage thing. I'm sorry. We, we cannot do this. The only person that is killing is me. <laughs> you tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I I struck that. But uh, what about you, Jojo? What's the funniest story you've got from commissioning? Um, I don't know that I have like a super funny story. Um, oh, well, you're I fired. did used to I did used to commission a uh, <laughs> it was a keeper league, but it was only a three person keeper league, and that was the first one I ever played in. Mm-hmm. Um, As in, like, and... three teams, or you could keep three people. You can only keep three people. Oh, because three teams would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it was it was uh, actually it was only ten teams, mm-hmm. um, but you could keep three players and you could keep them forever wherever you drafted them. And um, there was one guy who drafted the 49ers defense in like the fourth round. Oh, what? And since then, just wouldn't give him up. Just kept <laughs> just kept just kept him in the fourth round forever. Uh, <laughs> And I, it blew my mind. But he was content with it, so I just let him do it. That's awesome. Uh, what I, I, 
for for your guys' stories, what I wanted to say was something I do in my leagues is, um, and I don't remember if it's in any of the leagues we're in together, uh, but to to pass a rule, the I only allow rules to go into effect between the end of the Super Bowl and July 1st. Oh, okay. And so if someone wants a rule to go into effect, um, they has to, in a 12-team league, it has to win by eight or more. And then if it if it's voted on, um, then it'll go into, you know, if it's voted on in between that time, the end of the Super Bowl and July 1st, then it'll go into effect. But if it's after July 1st and it's voted on and it passes, it doesn't go into effect until after the Super Bowl, until after the next Super Bowl. Oh, that's interesting. And that's so it, it kind of, um, it gives owners, I guess, a set time period that they know if they want to make a change that they need to call for a vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also, if somebody, you know, in season wants to make a change, you say, okay, well, we can vote on it, but it's not going to go into effect until, you know, until after the season's over. Right. And so then in, at that point, it gives owners time to prepare for whatever uh, the coming change is going to be. Right. So what is some of the, uh, just to wrap up this commissioner's corner thing, before we move on to the sales of the week, um, what is the quick one line what is the best advice you would give a new commissioner before they officially start their league? Go ahead, Joey. Um, don't be afraid to be a hard ass. That's a that's a good piece of advice. How about you, Luke? Make the bylaws the only law. Oh, that's like perfect. That. that leads straight into mine. Uh, so I'll I'll start off with your line. Make the bylaws. The only law, because you don't want to be afraid to be a hard ass, so you can rule by fear. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) And scene. So that wraps up Commissioner's Corner. I think that was really good, and if any of you guys are out there starting a new league, I hope that we helped you a little bit, and obviously you can write any of us on Twitter or anything. Um, to if you have any questions about what you want to set up, what we've looked at, because each of us has commissioned multiple leagues. So, moving on. The moment you've been waiting for, folks. Each of us has a sell of the week, and we're going to tell you who they are. And I know what Luke's is, so I'm going to let Luke start it off because it's a question that is burning in everyone's minds. Go ahead, Luke. All right. Uh, Simple enough here. Um, We got a little present today. I thought that we were going to have to wait until off-season of this year, this season coming up, to sell Brashad Perryman. But a little small window has opened with the hope that he will be playing this year, you know, that that he didn't need to have the reconstructive surgery on his ACL. Um, So I feel that this, over the next couple of days, as the news spreads, that he uh, was basically... Uh, dealt with without surgery at this is the time to try to move him uh, because if you can move him now I think that this is probably the highest you're going to see his perceived value uh, for some time uh, just because he could easily start the season on the pup list pup pup woof woof yeah. and from there you know uh, the, the with the stem cells that they injected in, at the uh, at the site uh, it, it's hard to say if it's going to officially work. Um, so to me, there's just a lot of questions, and I couple that with the fact that uh, he came out proceed 
believed to be raw. He didn't play last year because of, I believe, what to be a PCL injury. Um, so everything combined, it's just he's not really getting his career started. And this little bit of good news is all the reason I need to try to send him off. That's a good call. So um, what would you try and get for him? Well, I would want a first. You know, okay. I feel that I feel that you can still get a first for him right now. There are believers out there. Um, and then I would couple that right away with going out and trying to pick up Wallace, Mike Wallace, off of uh, waivers. Yeah, I think that that's a good call. Um, how about you, JoJo? Um, so my sell is going to be Des Bryant. Good. Uh, and so I just there's there's some reports right now saying you know he's working with Tony Romo and you know he's trying to make up for lost time, but there was just last year was just so bad and with injuries to him and to Romo, and I don't think Des is quarterback-proof, which I think last year proved. Um, and I'm just worried about the both of them staying healthy. I feel like Tony Romo is made out of glass. Yeah. Um, and so I just, if I own him, which I only own one share and I got rid of it this week, uh, I want out. And I got blasted for my trade, which I fully expected I would, which is fine. Uh, I'm happy with it. But um, I, you can you can get more than what I got, uh, according to Twitter. Cause so what I'd sent in a 16-team league was Dez for uh, DGB, Kenny Bell, and the 313. And 84% wanted the Dez side mm-hmm. oh, out, of wow. 200, out of 203 people. So to me, DGB has like top 10 maybe top five upside eventually um and maybe that's way too pie in the sky but i think that he can i think he has what it takes to work into that um and so i'm fine with holding with taking dgb and maybe i'm also a little bit riskier but twitter thinks that you can get a lot more for him so if you can get a lot more for him you know if you can get a first thrown into that um or whatever uh, then go for it. I tried to get a first thrown into it, but the guy wouldn't uh, give it to me, and so I just took uh, took the trade that I did. I, got, I think um, Kenny Bell is gonna make that deal shine for you. I think so too. I um I actually saw Dez earlier in the season it was in season, but one of my friends um, bought Dez for his entire 2016 draft for a second, <laughs> third, fourth, fifth. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's something. Um, so my guy is uh, I would be selling Dion Lewis like it's going out of style um, mm-hmm. because there are so many different players that have been tied to New England's backfield. Plus, New England's backfield is just such a mess. Um, you've got Dion Lewis and James White as the obvious pass-catching running backs. James White had a good end of season after Lewis went down. Um, plus, Lewis also had that ACL tear, um, so he's coming back off of that. You've got LeGarrette Blunt, who, when he's not smoking blunts, he is getting injured and being old. Um, mm-hmm. And But you've also got Arian Foster, who is no longer rumored to go to Miami, and it's looking like New England's a good landing spot for him in his old age because he wants to get that ship. Um, and also, now Bishop Sankey is being looked at as potentially being traded to New England. Um, and uh, they somebody is saying that Sankey 
Um, is probably obviously we all know Sankey's probably going to be gone from Tennessee after DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry are there. Um, but they don't. But because New England doesn't have good depth amongst their their plotters, um, like Legarrette Blunt, uh, Bishop Sankey could even go there. So I think that Deion Lewis, he's obviously the guy's going to have a role, but he is not going to be the what he was this past season. I think you can still get good value for him. Um, I honestly don't know what I would be selling him for right now. I would hope to get a late first, um, but if I could get a package of seconds and a, a player or a second, third, and a good player, I, I would be all over it because I, I'm selling Deion Lewis like crazy. And frankly, I mean, you know, my guy DJ Foster is there too, and DJ Foster can just do everything. <laughs> So, um, and he, when it comes, is God. when it comes to Lewis, uh, I, I have him in a few leagues, and my plan of action is to uh, ride it out into the beginning of the season because I really do feel that New England's going to want to give him opportunities to uh, pick up where he left off before the injury, mm-hmm. and all I'm looking for is one good game. And I could move him for that first at that point, but I don't think you'd sniff a first as of right now, just because he's been trudged through the mud so much. Yeah, I mean he he is coming off the ACL tear, so it would be hard to get a first for him, especially since he's not his production is not still in the forefront of everybody's minds. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you're you're playing with fire to see if him to get a good game because. I don't know. If oh, and, I, and trust me, I, but that's the gamble I'm taking. The nice thing is, is everywhere where I have him, mm-hmm. I got him off of waivers because cool. I was trying to grab deep guys. So for me, you know, sure, I'm going to lose out on the value that I gained, but in reality, you know, it poof, it came out of nowhere, you know, so. Right. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, at this point, you've got so many running backs there that Deion, there's no way Deion Lewis is going to get fed the way he was, um, especially coming off the tear. So um, I think that wraps it up for us today, guys. Uh, unless you guys have anything else you want to add as like last piece of advice for our listeners. Um, I was just going to say, if for sales, one last little tidbit is if you have some older IDP guys that produced, um, like with my... Um, with my trade with Timmons or with Thomas, you know, Thomas Davis, like that other trade. Um, and you can get some earlier picks for them or mm-hmm. some good offensive players for them because they produced last year. Um, then I would be all over it. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good call. So, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as you, as we've mentioned on the program before, if you are in the middle of a rookie draft, feel free to tweet at uh, either Luke or I. And JoJo, if you want to get on this, let me know um, with uh, where you are in the draft, how many teams, what this, any scoring quirks at uh, Luke, myself, or JoJo. And we'll give you an instant reaction if we are able. Um, and one of the three of us will be able to respond to you and help you figure out which player to take. Uh, our Twitter handles, you can follow me at intentional. At, at grounding ff at g r o u n d i n g f f you can follow Luke at intentional underscore g and you can follow Jojo at Jojo L Mags on Twitter you can also email us with any questions intentional grounding ff at gmail.com what's that Luke 
Oh, man. IntentionalGroundingFF at gmail.com. And one more time, JoJo. IntentionalGroundingFF at gmail.com. Boom. You are a quiz. wonderful audience, and uh, you can download us on iTunes. Tell your friends if you like the pod. If you don't like the pod, tell your enemies. Um, so that is all, and we will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm Noah Downs. He is... Luke Bisson. And he is... JoJo. And I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys.